Welcome back, everyone, to Chipstock Investor. Today, we're going to cover Intuitive Surgical, one of our favorite companies, and could have been one of Nick's oldest held companies. We'll let Nick tell you that story. Make sure you hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell so you don't miss a video. With that, we will proceed to Intuitive Surgical. First, I think for all of you viewers out there, this is, I think, maybe the closest thing we're ever going to get to being like a healthcare sector or biopharmaceutical episode. And Casey's very modest of her knowledge, but if you don't know, she actually spent close to two decades in the medical industry, specifically in surgery. She has a lot of knowledge about that. So we're going to get her thoughts on intuitive surgical. Before we get to my investing blunder, let's start with intuitive surgical's earnings numbers that they reported last week. Go get your glasses. Let us know what you found on that. Second quarter revenue was $1.76 billion, which is a 15% increase year over year. The gap net income was $421 million, or $1.18 per diluted share, which is compared to $308 million, or $0.85 cents per diluted share. On an adjusted basis, net income was up 22% year over year. Yeah, pretty excellent numbers. Certainly better than we had expected. Casey, specifically, I think <laughs> the last video we did on Intuitive Surgical and some of the write-ups that got published on it, we were worried about not the revenue growth. We think this is going to be like a mid-teens percentage revenue growth business over the mid to long term, as far as we can tell. But I was worried about the actual profitability not being able to quite keep up at the same pace. It seems like Intuitive Surgical is investing a lot of money right now to gear up for its next wave of growth and to sustain its current growth trajectory. And it seemed like maybe profit margins were going to dip for the next year or two. But of course, this quarter surprised us. Profit margins actually rebounded and we got that nice 22% year-over-year increase in net income, far exceeding the revenue growth. This was really a fantastic quarter. Looking over the earnings call, it was mentioned that global procedure growth in Q2 was 22%, which is a 19% growth in the U.S., 28% procedure growth outside of the U.S., benefited by higher hospital patient admissions, catching up with those diagnoses and treatments that were delayed during the pandemic. The recurring revenue represents 85% of the total revenue as compared to 72% of full year 2019 and grew 20% over last year. Yeah, Casey, that is a really important metric for this company that you just pointed out, the recurring revenue. So of course, not all of that is software-based. Intuitive has the services segment. The other parts of the business that are considered recurring are those instruments and accessories that go on the DaVinci system. You can't reuse all of those every time. They need replaced every so often. And in addition to that, the company made this pivot over the last few years, switching from selling the DaVinci systems outright to an operating lease program, which helps hospital systems, surgery centers, et cetera, manage their cash flows. These pieces of machinery are really expensive to buy, and not everybody has the means to just earmark that kind of money in their budget for a DaVinci system, let alone get staff up and running and trained on it. So an operating lease has become part of the solution, also now recurring revenue. So maybe the key driver here then as a result is 
procedure growth. I know you had picked out a few comments to talk about regarding that procedure growth for intuitive surgical and the Da Vinci, the Ion, and some of the other systems they have in place. The growth of procedures was up 22% with the Da Vinci system. And they mentioned areas of strength were general surgery and gynecology for benign conditions in the U.S. And then also cholecystectomy or removing the gallbladder and hernia repair, colon and rectal procedure growth. All of these were major drivers this year. And not just in the U.S., but this company has begun to rapidly expand into other companies. They've recently received the green light to go to work in countries such as Japan, in several countries in Europe, and now in China as well. Also, we talked a little bit about the ION system in our last video. This was really a impressive number. ION procedures grew 145% in this last quarter. So huge change in the usage of this product. Casey, can you just briefly mention what is the ION specifically? Because this is a unique piece of equipment that I think really gets overlooked when people are looking at intuitive surgical. What is the ION? The ION is a bronchoscopy platform to help with minimally invasive lung biopsies. If a surgeon thinks that you may have something that looks a little funny on your lung CT scan or MRI, they can go in and take a small biopsy without having to do an open procedure. This device has a lot of potential for preventive measures and catching possibly a lung cancer early in the disease process so that your treatment can be more effective and early on. You referred to the slide, but I'd like to go back to it and the different areas of procedures. Cataloged under the general procedures segment is bariatric procedures. I have zero medical background. What does bariatric mean? And it appears that a lot of analysts have latched on to this area of the business as being a significant risk for intuitive surgical. What is up with that? What's going on? We don't have a specific breakdown of how many of the general surgeries are bariatric procedures, but a bariatric surgery can involve a variety of procedures that deal with obesity. And the reason that analysts are latching on to this at this moment is because Intuitive Surgical said that they saw a slowdown in the growth of bariatric surgery procedures. They still had growth in this area, but they did see a slowdown. And they feel that that's probably due to the use of medications dealing with obesity. Some of these medications are Novo Nordvisks and Ozempic and Eli Lilly's Munjaro. You may have seen some of these medications in the news, or maybe you've even seen advertisements. These medications are used in treating diabetes, but they have the added benefit, if you will, of weight loss. I'm curious, weight loss, how? Does this like actually treat weight loss? Does it like help you shed the pounds or is it something else? It sounds like these medications help with your satiety. So you feel full and you're just not eating as much is ultimately the added positive side effect of using these medications. Okay, interesting. So basically, a lot of people, obviously, if you can, you don't want some sort of invasive surgery if you don't have to. So people maybe that want to lose weight are taking these medications, diabetes medications, to help them manage weight. Why is this a risk to intuitive surgical? Or is it actually a real risk? You said it's a slowdown in growth. 
but they are still growing in this area. Is this like a significant reason to avoid intuitive surgical at this point? An analyst asked something very similar to this question, Nick, in the transcript, and management made a couple of really interesting points that I think are very vital to this argument. They said that they go out and talk to obesity physicians and pharmacologists in part of their research, and they said that the sense here is that the market is going to adjust to the change in treatment pathways as it relates to drugs. However, it doesn't look like the drugs are a cure and may not be a fast path to cure and a strong consensus among those we speak to, including physicians who are not surgeons, is that the surgery and other interventions are going to remain an important part of the interaction. There may be folks who start the drugs, get the benefits they were hoping for, but either the side effects or the cost or the changed lifestyle that the drugs are implying make it hard to sustain. And so that would lead some people to go ahead and proceed with a invasive procedure such as bariatric surgery. We may see a temporary slowdown in this area of procedures in bariatric surgery for da Vinci. Long term, we don't know exactly how long this is, how this is going to play out, which is why they have so much diversity in the procedures that they provide. Yeah, I like that you point that out just to conclude this. as analysts, sometimes I do this too, you can get laser focused on one point and miss the big picture. Bariatric is just one type of surgery that Da Vinci machines can accomplish. You already mentioned ION and the brand new procedures it can do. This company is constantly working on new procedures and then getting those approved in the US, in Europe, in Asia. The world is still intuitive surgical's oyster, as you like to say. So they just have to get a pride open. <laughs> this is amazingly still a company with tremendous growth ahead of it, albeit maybe not ridiculously high double-digit growth. But like I said before, probably like a low to mid-teens on average revenue growth company for as far as we can tell the foreseeable future. Okay, I've got one more question about the lease options. You made some really interesting points. You've been making some interesting points to me on this, especially in the last year. Tell me about the lease options on the Da Vinci systems that are available. Why is that a competitive advantage for Intuitive Surgical that competitors are not going to easily be able to disrupt? I think for a couple of reasons. The first is cost, right? Dropping $1.4 million on a device may seem a little out of reach for some smaller health systems, maybe some surgery centers. So they may opt for something like a lease, which will be more cost effective for them up front. The other point I would like to make is that Intuitive Surgical is constantly improving the technology of these devices. And so with a lease, you can upgrade to the new system whenever that new technology comes out. And so that definitely benefits the provider as well as Intuitive Surgical because they will get the recurring revenue from the lease, lock the provider into using that new technology, and just perpetuate the cycle. One other key point that I think is very important is a lot of new surgeons are being trained on these systems in medical school, in their surgery fellowships. And so when a hospital system or surgery center or business partnership is looking for a new surgeon to add to their company, these surgeons are saying, I 
worked on this Da Vinci system in my training. I would like to continue working on this system due to excellent patient outcomes. And so that hospital system or surgery center or business partnership is thinking to themselves, you know what, I need to make this happen because we really need this general surgeon to be on our team. So things like a lease opportunity will help provide that system so that they can get the very much needed help of their general surgeon. That that makes a lot of sense, Casey. And it's interesting to think about this company because there are a lot of robotic surgery companies that have popped up along the years for obvious reasons. This is globally, we're talking a very low single digit percentage number of total procedures around the world that utilize some sort of robotic assistance, AI basically, to help drive better patient outcomes. As big as intuitive surgical is, this is still like a small business in the grand scheme of the global medical system. And so, yes, there's competitors, but most of these competitors are not trying to attack the same market as intuitive surgical. They're trying to attack other areas of medical treatments. So I I think competitive landscape is maybe a little bit overrated here. And also, I think besides just the actual robotic surgery systems themselves, DaVinci and Ion, the company had made a couple of software acquisitions in recent years, and they do have that small segment that is services. That's where you find the software and training. Is there anything significant going on here where Intuitive Surgical maybe is getting some benefit from the AI hype cycle right now? Yeah, absolutely. This was definitely brought up in the earnings call. What are some of the AI innovations that are being made at Intuitive Surgical? And what is happening is they're trying to make data-driven decisions in healthcare and in surgery trying to invest in research as real-time imagery within the procedure. All of this information can be driven by AI and ultimately improve patient outcomes after the procedure. Nick, ultimately, all healthcare should be data-driven. And so sometimes due to software capabilities, user input and follow-through, provider preferences, it can become less data-driven, which will ultimately affect positive patient outcomes. So Intuitive Surgical is really trying to curb this with their surgical systems and then following up with software that can analyze data and help direct decisions to give patients the best possible healthcare. This is all super fascinating. This company has so many layers to it anymore. Maybe I'll just refer really quick to our semiconductor industry flowchart because we didn't refer to it at the beginning. Super underrated chart that you put together a number of months ago now, Casey. So Intuitive Surgical, they don't design or manufacture their own chips, but they fall under that tech equipment and devices segment there. And increasingly growing down into service and software below. So They're not really going upstream into the chips themselves, but they are prolific users of chips because they have their manufacturing facilities in various markets around the world. So you've got the actual robot itself and now this incredible software stack on top of it that they continue to bolster with new capabilities. This company is super impressive. And that explains the financial part of the equation here, which I think is the big risk most investors harp on, myself included. Evaluation for a company this big already with slowing growth prospects over time as they get larger, 
is paying something like, as of this recording, almost 85 times trailing 12-month earnings. How reasonable is that really? Your opinion, as you have continued to tell me for a year, is yes, at a certain point, valuation does matter. But if this is a company that you want to own for the long term, does it matter that much? Your thoughts, Casey, before I tell my story. No, it to me, it doesn't. Because a company like this has a ton of growth potential. I think it's driving healthcare forward. And ultimately, it's driving patient outcomes to be better. That creates a lot of passion in me, as you well know. And so to me, it's worth it. And I didn't know this story that you're about to tell until this morning. So I'm a little, I'm ticked, but there's nothing I can do about it now other than to say, don't do that ever again. But I'll let Nick tell the story and then we'll let the viewers decide whether or not this company is worth it for their portfolio for the long haul. (laughs) Okay. So this is a lesson I've been trying to unlearn for many years and obviously still a lesson I need to continue learning. So I think especially in 2022 during the bear market, everybody learned the lesson that valuation matters. And it does. Valuation absolutely matters unless you buy a very high quality business that you think you can own for decades. Let me like reemphasize that again. Valuation matters a lot unless you are making an investment in a company that you think you can own for decades. Yes, decades, not years, not a decade, but decades. So here's the story, Casey. When I was very early on in learning about investing, I very quickly got interested in individual stocks because the idea of owning a business and not actually having to like work on the business, like someone else was doing the work for me and I just did whatever I wanted to do and benefited if the company grew over time, really appealed to me. And so in the mid-2000s, when I was still learning the ropes, so to speak, even more so than I am now, I bought this very small little company called Intuitive Surgical for about 12 bucks a share on a stock split adjusted basis. 12 bucks a share. Obviously today, well over $300 a share. The stock is up. 60, 70% from its lows in October, November, 2022, massive return. And I originally invested in stocks because I thought I want to own a business like this for many years or decades. I thought that because I looked at charts at the time of stocks that consistently grew for decades and returned massive returns to investors. And I thought, gosh, I've got like 50, 60, 70 years ahead of me. I want to own a business like that. And Fast forward 18 years later, here's what actually happened. I bought two shares of Intuitive Surgical on a pre-split adjusted basis, post-split adjusted basis, 12 bucks a share. I don't know how many shares it is, but it would be a significant chunk of change today. Let's just say that if I had just only bought those handful of shares and never did anything with it. But because I thought I had done really well for myself, the stock more than doubled from when I bought it into 2008, well into 2008, Intuitive Surgical had like bucked the Great Recession up until that point. I had more than doubled my money. The stock was expensive. I, once again, during that bear market, I like latched onto this new concept for me that, oh gosh, like valuation matters. The stock has already more than doubled in value. I'm going to take the profit and move on to something else. Here we are. We're still very young, Casey. We're in our mid-30s. We still have decades of investing ahead of us, of buying and holding businesses passively 
and I missed out on potentially tens of thousands of dollars investment returns because I got worried about valuation. I guess the point is here, yes, Intuitive Surgical, a very expensive stock, but if you're looking to buy something and forget it for decades, and I think this is one of a very few companies that I think you and I both feel comfortable with saying, given what it does, the competitive barriers it's thrown up for itself, in addition to the competitive barriers of the healthcare system, because anyone who wants to disrupt intuitive surgical also has to first jump through regulatory hoops. First, this company probably has decades and decades ahead of it where they can continue to generate profitable growth for shareholders and return it via share repurchases, eventually maybe a dividend. They can make acquisitions, continue to develop tech, whatever. That's my story. I'm sorry. You live and learn, right? I'm going to take that approach today, at least on camera. But we'll let the viewers decide on their own portfolio. Ultimately, that's where we stand with this company. We still like it. And we're not like going to be imminently buying more shares. But I will say this. It is far and away our largest healthcare stock. And at this point, the only one that we're really interested in possibly adding to anytime soon, despite the valuation. So stay tuned for more details on that. That's a wrap for our coverage today. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and hit the bell so you get the notifications for each of our videos. If you have some friends that you like, share our channel. And we will see you back later this week at Chipsock Investor.